بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله Dear brothers and sisters, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome to Ilmfeed podcast. Uh, I just want to take a moment to thank you all for helping Ilmfeed go from strength to strength. I know we have listeners and viewers from all across the world. We have brothers and sisters in Malaysia, in Australia, in Canada, in India, Pakistan, um, all also the United States. And I just want to acknowledge all of you and say thank you very much for um, helping us go from strength to strength. Today, I've got a wonderful guest all the way from the United States, Dr. Haifa Yunus. She is an American board certified obstetrician and gynecologist of Iraqi heritage. She studied with scholars in the United States and graduated from the Mecca Institute of Islamic Studies in Jeddah, and also memorized the Quran, mashallah, at Al Huda Quran Memorization School in Jeddah as well. She is the founder and chairman of Jannah Institute and currently teaches seminars and runs retreats, um, including uh, seminars on the commentary of the Quran and the practical relevance of the Quran in our everyday lives. So, Dr. Haifa, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Thank Welcome. you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Alhamdulillah, how does it feel to be in London? It's always good. Is this your first time now? Oh, no. Okay. Um, I actually lived in London. Really? Yep. Wow. Uh, in the 90s. Okay. And I did part of my uh, OBGYN gynecology training in London itself. Did a year at Guy's Hospital. Wow. And then uh, did my degree. And then six months moved to Kent, Maidstone. It's a beautiful place, all green. And then the time came in to move to the States for family reasons, and then I moved. Then I kept coming back for visits. And the last two years, I think this is my fourth visit to, uh, to London. So, so it's beautiful to be back. You're British, basically. <laughs> you're, you're, you know, make people, you an honorary British person. In people child. always ask me, where do you see yourself? Yeah. You see yourself as Iraqi since this is your heritage. Yeah. Do you see yourself as uh, American, where, where do you live? Mm -hmm. Do you see yourself as British, you lived there? Do you see yourself as uh, Arab, Saudi, lived in Jeddah? My always answer is, I'm the servant of Allah, wherever Inshallah. part of the earth he put me, I'm there. Alhamdulillah, an international citizen. <laughs> Mashallah. So, Dr. Haifa, tell us, like, um, tell us a bit about your background. Uh, I'm so excited, really, because when I read about, you know, some of the things that you've, mashallah, been able to go on and achieve, um, I just thought, subhanAllah, it would be so inspiring for people um, to hear, you know, where did this all start? Where did, what is your background in terms of your childhood and... Uh, grew up, as you said. Mm -hmm. I grew up in Baghdad, actually. SubhanAllah. And I uh, grew up in a family which uh, education was their prime importance. Oh, and it didn't matter you're a, a, a girl or a boy. It was, this is the main thing. And I remember very well my mom, God bless her soul, used to mm -hmm. say, even if you don't want to work, even if you're not planning to work, just take it. And it's kept in us. And then I was uh, second from the last in my family. So then all my older siblings, that's where they went. And... Um, other than education also, grew up in a family, I wouldn't say very religious, but it was very moral, mm -hmm. which is really important these days because it is what we are seeing these days is lack of morality plus mm -hmm. lack of practicing religion. So morality was extremely important. 
focus on ed education. And then you, I didn't feel because I'm a woman, I'm a different in that time. Mm -hmm. And my mom was very educated and she worked and she was also an amazing mother. So I grew up with that example of a woman can be a mother, educated, you can work, but she always made her home, house, and children number one. Priority. And I sure. remember she was very social, very well known, a lot of friends. But when the time for exams comes in, that <laughs> month, you know, it's when you're young, I always tell my friends these days, it's things you do way more than the things you say that affect your children. And I remember this very well since I was very young. That month of the year before the finals, mom does not leave the house at all. And all her friends says, nope. The, the children has their exams, they need me. Mm, and she did sure. not teach us. I mean, we studied, but it just her presence. Mm. You know, so it's really, this was very important. Then I went to medical school. Um, simply, she wanted me to be a physician. And then I fall in love with it after the first year. And then things changed, many things. Number one, she passed away and I was young. And then the all the wars that happened. And then... Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decided that we will leave the country. So I left. That's where I came to the to England. What Lived, was this, the 90s? That's in the yeah. 90s, yes. Yeah. So came to England, stayed for about a year and a half, as I told you in the beginning. Trained OBGYN here. Uh, it was very interesting, actually. It really helped me in many ways, not only as a physician, but also as a, a person who discovered that I love this dean. You know, this is this is like a turning point. It was just before I moved to the to England um, during the war, and every time I say this now when I speak to people and I say, "How do you feel if you have a friend who calls you only when she needs you? How do you feel?" Oh, you feel taken advantage. Of. Exactly right. Yeah. She she only remembers me when she wants me. So this is how I felt because before the war. We were living in a very good life. I'm talking about good life, not um, very luxurious, but it's a good life. And we mm -hmm. had everything, right, as, as children, alhamdulillah. Mm -hmm. But I don't think we felt it, and we were not very connected with him. Yeah. So when the war comes in, you know how it is when you are in need, you turn to him. You start looking at your salah and became perfect. And you start reading the Quran, you start thinking of doing this and this. So this was a time for me to reflect it was like, so you only remember him when you need him? Mm. And then when I moved to England, also was a tough change because I came alone, le left the family because of the, all the issues. And then I, that was another time. I was like, see, you're alone, now you need him. And from there, and then when I went to the States, things changed because now back with my family. But then you start feeling that he's there for you, whether you, you um, turn to him or not, he's there. Absolutely. And then what he wants from me more than anything else, and he with a capital H, is there when I don't need him. Because that's what I call the love relationship. Yeah. When you love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is you remember him not because you need him, because you love him. So this was, um, I will say this is the turning point. And at the same time, just before the war, when my mom was got sick and then she passed away, that's another turning point. But the bigger one was the, uh, was the war and everything we lived when you don't know if you're going to wake up in the morning alive. We all know we will die, but when it becomes very close reality and you wake up and you see, oh, there's a bomb. This could come. My house is next. So it's, it's amazing. I, I, I'm so grateful. 
at the moment it was very tough, but I'm so grateful because it's one of the things that shapes human being is when he or she goes through test and difficulty. Mm. And then you discover yourself also. You know that you are, you have a lot of other potentials. You really love Allah. You really want to get close to him. So alhamdulillah, I'm so grateful to everything Allah, he gave me. So these um, tests, like, you know, the one that you mentioned, they often are things that awaken us, don't they? Um, I was just thinking that unlike a friend who might be less forgiving, <laughs> Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He's happy when we turn to him, Absolutely. right? So if if you're out there feeling that, you know, I've been neglectful, I haven't really been fulfilling my role towards Allah, my, my you know, giving Allah his right or in worship, etc. Although we can never give Allah his right in worship. Um, that should never be a cause for you to not turn to him, right? Uh, absolutely. I mean, uh, the most hopeful Ayah in the Quran, that's what the scholar teaches us. It's in Surah Az-Zumar. قُلْ يَا عِبَادِيَ الَّذِينَ أَسْرَفُوا عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ لَا تَقْنَطُوا مِنْ رَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ And it's amazing. I mean, we can talk about this ayah for hours. Yeah. But the beauty of it is the way he, subhanah, talked or, or um, acknowledged those who are sinners is the word, يَا عِبَادِي, my servant. It's a personal yes. Right? He didn't say, Ya Yuhannas, Ya Yuhalladina Amanu, or people, or you who attain faith, or you sinner. He mm -hmm. says, Ya Ibadi. You know, it's like my, my, my personal, my private, you know. And then he described them. Alladina asrafu ala anfusihim. They have transgressed. What does transgression mean? You did what you did. Right? And then immediately he says, La taqnatu min rahmatillah. Don't despair. So absolutely anyone and this is why I always tell everyone who asks me, is like, it doesn't matter what you did. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you did. As long as you're alive, as long as there's a breath in you, as long as you turn to him, sincere, don't worry. Even shirk, I mean, people who didn't believe in him, once they say, La ilaha illallah, what did the Rasulullah taught us? Al-Islam yahdimu ma qabla. Islam remove everything, everything. before everything. So alhamdulillah, I mean, this is a beautiful, I always say this, it's a beautiful religion. Mm. I think we, as Muslims, number one, and I will say even humanity, <coughs> it's like you have a, a really expensive piece of diamond, you know, it's like really worthy, but you don't know the value of it. You look at it and you think it's a crystal. Subhanallah. And so this, true. Yeah, and this is how we need to look at it in, with the beauty in depth and discover way more than the shell we all know. There's way more insight. Definitely. So anyone who, you know, who's, who, who's feeling down, who's feeling like they've done too many sins, it, never, ever, ever feel that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's door is closed. He's just waiting for you to turn back. And it's a beautiful saying that it's if... Human beings being asked more than once or twice or thrice, they get upset. Yeah. Right? Somebody yeah. calls you, come and pick me up, and you say, okay, sure. Second time, I was like, okay. Third <laughs> time, in you, you will say, I was like, there's nobody else. Yeah. Right? We all do that. Yeah. Even when the children do this. Yeah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the other way around. Subhanah. If you don't or I don't, if we don't ask him, he gets upset. Subhanah. So absolutely anyone, far away, never prayed, did whatever, absolutely just turn to him, pure, full, and he will be 
as again the hadith teaches us if if i come one step he'll be walking if i am walking he'll be running he just just want the me and you to initiate it just turn to him and says ya allah i really want to go back to you alhamdulillah so dr haifa which which area of america are you from i i live in st louis missouri we call it midwest Okay. So there's east west and there's midwest Chicago which many people are very familiar with yeah. we are about 4 hours drive south of Chicago midwest okay. in the middle Mashallah uh, I'm not very familiar with America except I used to live with some American students in Egypt so uh, they filled me in on all the right. uh, nuances <laughs> but inshallah I, I do hope to visit one time one day inshallah You have to inshallah Inshallah You have a house already there <laughs> Yeah oh jazakallah khairan that's the beauty isn't it Exactly sometimes when when I'm giving a talk about sisterhood or I always say to sisters you know what we are the only people I I believe this I can definitely say this I could go anywhere on earth and if I can find a muslim there I have a home yes. I have somewhere to stay I have food <laughs> you Absol- know absolutely. I have somebody who would treat me like family sure and I've actually experienced that you know wherever I've I've traveled and um subhanallah you know this is like you said there's things that we take for granted yes that we think are normal is sometimes when somebody embraces islam they say to you do you do you know how amazing that is you know you didn't realize that it's something that you're ta- you think is normal but for us it's amazing you know um so i've often heard sisters say you know when they embrace islam that sisterhood was something that they never experienced until they became muslim, muslim. because they felt that they were always competing with other women there was always this uh you know comparison and competition and uh and when all of that is stripped away and as women we're allowed to just love each other for the sake of Allah to do things without needing anything in return exactly i think that there's something so beautiful in that that we have alhamdulillah you put it beautifully is yeah. it's two conditions you do it for allah and with no expectation from anyone you will love it you'll feel peace and then everybody will benefit from it it's beautiful yeah. i agree with you. and brotherhood also of course i mean it's yeah. it's both genders yeah. brothers with brothers sisters with definitely, sisters definitely definitely um so Tell us a little bit especially about your Quran memorization journey because <clears throat> Dr. Hafa I'll, I'll tell you that uh, I used to memorize the Quran or I began starting I used to yeah. that's not a good start I know it's not a good start <laughs> like I'm I'm sorry I, I'm being very open here right okay. uh, I was memorizing the Quran and um, I would say until I had my first child okay <laughs> now it okay. becomes less memorization <laughs> yeah uh, and then uh, probably when I had my second child you know I I kind of lost the momentum of so I managed to memorize quite a lot but um then i started focusing on them memorizing quran so alhamdulillah my two sons are hafiz of quran tabarakallah and uh, i have uh, two others who are learning um but at the back of my mind that i have is. this thing come on you've got to get back on it so come on your fatima <laughs> i think you're going to be the one i think this is gonna, the day who's going to get me back on <laughs> so there must be people out there listening and thinking well i'm an adult now You know, I think you memorize Quran as an adult. Adult, right? absolutely. Yeah. Uh, or they might be thinking, well, I'm past it. You know, there's no, there's no way I'm going to memorize now. You know, I should have done it when I was younger. And what would you say to that such a person? Number one, what you shared with me, it's almost, almost daily. 
I hear you it. You hear that. And I heard the same story yesterday <laughs> yeah. here mm. in London. And absolutely wherever I go. This is what I will say. Mm. Memorization of the Quran is not related to age or gender. It's, it needs one thing to start with. Number one. Which is actually there's an ayah in the Quran. I quoted a lot to myself and to the sisters. It's in Surah Al-Isra. Mm-hmm. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Man arad al-akhira wa sa'a laha sa'yaha wa huwa mu'min fa'ulaika kana sa'yuhum mashkura. Whomsoever want the hereafter. Wa sa'a laha sa'yaha. The word sa'a. Worked mm-hmm. hard. Sa'y. Working hard. Laha. You worked for it. For the akhirah. وهو مؤمن in the eye of course you're a believer فأولئك كان سعيهم مشكورة those who fulfilled these three criteria they want worked hard they are believer this their effort will be rewarded or Allah will be grateful for their reward so what will they get Allah knows now bring this in here mm-hmm. and I say this for dunya matters and for akhira matters let alone Quran Quran journey need number one you wanted you wanted you wanted your children to memorize the Quran yeah what did you do definitely and how much the sa'i was <laughs> bring a seven and eight year old <laughs> let him sit down and memorize one page I've yeah. seen it yeah. right mm-hmm. believe in here metaphorically you know Allah will not let your effort goes vain you, you know Allah will help you. You know you will see the fruit of it. Allah will make it easy. So bring it back to every woman or every Muslim in general. Number one, I wanted. If I don't want something, it's not going to happen unless Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, of course, has exceptions. I, wanna be a, I wanted to be a physician. Mm-hmm. You wanted to memorize the Quran. Mm-hmm. So that's number one. Number two, is you have to work hard for it. It I don't know what you say in England, but we have a statement in the States says, there is no free lunch <laughs> in this country. That's what they always say, yeah. right? What's a free lunch meaning? Meaning to get something, you work for it. The yeah. Quran needs, needs you. And one of the teachers said this to me, the more you give the Quran, the more the Quran will give you. Awesome. And you believe Allah will not let you down. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, this journey, who's going to be stopping number one in that journey? <laughs> right? You, Which yourself. traffic light? Number one, the red one? Shaitan. Yeah, that's true. Does yeah. not want you to memorize the Quran. So we'll bring all what Excuses. you shared with me. <laughs> obstacles, I would yeah. call it imaginary obstacles. Yeah. I'm old. Yeah. I'm a mother. Mm. I'm very busy. You know what? I forget. The moment I memorize one page, next day I didn't. And this keeps building up and you stop. Mm-hmm. This is my answer. Age is not an issue. In our institute, Jannah mm-hmm. Institute, the yeah. oldest student memorizing the Quran is 67. Allahu Akbar. This is her third juz. <laughs> this is, mashallah, really encouraging. And this is us. a non Arab. Uh, a, a woman, grandmother, takes care of a husband and child and grandchildren, grandchildren, very active in the community, teaches and study. Study Tajweed, you name it, any class we start, she's there. So age is not an issue. Time, which we all blame everything on time. No. This is how I will say, we have time for everything. 
Yeah, we spend th- woman. We easily spend three, four hours in the kitchen if you want really to prepare a meal that you like and yeah. you want it to, to come out beautiful, right? Children spend three, four hours playing and doing all these things. We spend hours with our friends. When it comes to the Quran, it's not there is no time. I don't look at the time that I'm spending in the Quran in a way that it will give me back. Sayyidina Uthman has a beautiful statement. You see it in every Quran memorization school. It says, لَوْ طَهُرَتْ قُلُوبُنَا مَا شَبِعَتْ مِنْ كَلَامِ رَبِّنَا If our hearts were purified, we'll never have enough of the words of Allah. So time, it needs time management. This is what <laughs> yeah. I said to the sister yesterday, <laughs> subhanAllah. And I say this to everyone who's listening to me. Look at yourself. You're a morning person or evening person. Where is your strength? You focus better in the morning or you focus better in the night. And number two, look at the time where you're free. Is the morning very hard for you because everyone is up and running around? Or it's the evening the other way around? You need to dedicate 30 to 45 minutes a day. Focus. Start three ayat a day. Review. And keep going. You will not memorize it in a day. Not in a year. Adults average with other things in life. You're talking about five to seven years. People says five to seven years. I said people study eight years in the States, eight years to become a physician. You didn't yeah. even did anything yet. They just give you the degree. Yeah. So you did not do your training yet. <laughs> you didn't do your specialty yet. Mm. But people do it. When, when you about, want something, you will do it. And you do make it, the time. Give it for the it. effort. Yes. Now, before all this. Yeah. Before. During and after, turn to him and says, Ya Allah, I know I am not worthy of your book because it's his words, but you are generous. Give it to me like you give it to everybody else. What do you think Allah will do? Will let you down? I have to say it now. Ya Allah, <laughs> so I know I am not worthy and you are generous and I, and I know you can help me. Give me the Quran in my heart. Ya Rabbi, Ameen. And actually the trigger that made me start to do it. And again, I was doing my residency in the States, uh, doing my uh, OBGYN, gynecology. Is a friend of mine who passed away, may Allah bless her soul, very young. And I saw her two days before, I was with her 48 hours before she passed away. And I was just coming back from Umrah. She looked at me and says, she was terminal. She said, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give me life, there's two things I wanna do, just young kids. Didn't say anything about the children, <laughs> honestly. Or her yeah. parents were still alive. Nothing about the dunya. Says so two things. I want, I want Allah to give me life, because I want to do two things still I didn't do. And I said, what is it? She says, I want to go to his house, and I want to memorize the Quran. Two days later, she died. Subhanallah. What do you think Allah will reward her? Because the niya intention. In, yeah. Subhan- and I left after we, I was there when she had literally passed away. And I said, what is my excuse? I'm still breathing. And then you come in you and you said, it's going to be, maybe I will not finish. Maybe I'll die. And then I, the ayah and surah and nisa comes to you. Whosoever migrate for the sake of Allah, he will see a lot of khair and the earth is wide enough for him. But the second part is related to here. When you leave your home 
for the sake of Allah, migrating for the sake of Allah and his messenger. And then what happens? And then he or she dies. Allah will reward him as if he completed his journey. Exactly. So here you go. Start, have the resolve, turn to Allah. Ya Allah, keep, make me strong. Give it to me. I'm not worthy. Practically, I will say, the best is you if you join a school or Definitely. you join a group mm -hmm. with a teacher. Yeah. Alone is possible, but yeah. uh, you're more uh, a good target for shaitan. Yeah. But when you're <laughs> a group, like look, look at your children because yeah. you were there. Right? You are mm. there. You are their teacher yeah. or you are their mentor. Mm. They did it by, by Allah's grace. Yeah. So this is what I tell the sisters. Get a group. Alhamdulillah, these days with all the technology we have, you have it everywhere. You have online, you have classes online, teachers online. Exactly, I'm yeah. sure in London, I mean, I'm not very familiar, yeah. but I'm sure you have classes for memorizers. Yeah, we have an institute called the Shatibi Institute ah. in uh, West London, I believe. We have in East London, I'm sure there, there are lots of places. It's uh, and even Stupid. online having a, a an online tutor. Once yeah. uh, one of my children, you know, had a tutor online as well, and that really just having that accountability, and you know that kind of you, thing. You know what? Good. Sometimes I'm sure you see this here, but we see it a lot in the states. You yeah. see people at four a.m. and five a.m. in the morning doing what? Non-Muslims, exercising. Yeah. Right. They go to the gym at five a.m. Mm -hmm. Right. Why? <laughs> Because they want it. Yeah. And they love it. And they love the result. Mm -hmm. And this is for dunya, nothing. When we go to the grave, it's not going to give us anything back. Subhanallah. Can't we Muslims wake up at five or four or in the evening? Some of them goes in the evening and just give this one hour. Yeah. Not to my body, but to my soul. Absolutely. It's the words of him. And I can't tell you what will happen once you start memorizing the Quran. The barakah, the blessings you see in your life. And I'm not saying you're going to be rich necessarily but the peace the serenity the strong connection you will feel it's uh, um, beyond but we will be rich we have like a richness in our heart exactly and I, and I, know, I know that because i've tasted it huh? <laughs> Alhamdulillah. and um you know like my son when when i'm studying or when i'm preparing a talk i'm like what's the ayah you know and he'll he'll just tell me straight up and i'm like i wish you know i had that so he, well, he's got the Quran so I'll in give his you heart. one that's mashallah. that's a true story. Mm. It was one of my patients. Mm. And she was 78, great grandmother. So she came to me and she needed the surgery. Mm. First question she asked me, when will I be able to leave the house? And in me I was like, 78, where do you want to go? Right? And um, and she said, and I said, Where do you want to go? She said, I go to the Quran school. And I said, MashaAllah, Tabarakallah, so mm. where are you? And she said, uh, we are in Al-Baqarah. I said, MashaAllah, because what I thought, she starts from the back, yeah. so now we're almost done. Okay. Yeah. And she says, no, Dr. Yunus, it's, uh, <laughs> we, we started from Al-Baqarah. And I was like, MashaAllah, Tabarakallah. Yeah. So I did the surgery, because it was about two months later. Did the surgery, and then in the hospital. And then uh, she said, uh, so when I can go to, to the school? I said, after two weeks, someone can take you and you can go. She come back six weeks for her visit, checkup visit. And I said, and I called her auntie. And I said, auntie, she said, I, did you go? I said, she said, yeah, I went. And I said, where are you now? She says, in Ali Imran. <laughs> MashaAllah. 78. Wow, yeah. 
So I will absolutely say, you know the hadith, it's in Imam Al-Tirmidhi, Iqtanim khams qabla khams. Take advantage of five before five. Do you know the hadith? Yeah. One of them. Which actually, most of them applies to the memorization of the Quran. That's true. Shababaka qabla haram. Your youth, youth before, before you get old. Yeah. Faragaka qabla shughlik. Your free, free time, time before you get busy. Yeah. Right? Sahatuka qabla uh, healthy yeah. before you get before illness. Uh, illness and uh, wealth before you get uh, uh, poverty. poverty and the most important one your life before your you death. die <laughs> subhanallah may Allah give it to you Rabbi Ami <coughs> today's Jumu'ah just before Maghrib turn to him sincerely the time that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala respond yeah. turn to him and says Ya Allah give it to me give yep. me the resolve I mean, give me inshallah. the himma you yeah, know? I think um, all of us, you know, brothers and sisters who are listening, absolutely, we need to get back on it, <laughs> subhanAllah. And uh, it, it's true, it's, it's actually never been easier in a way because, you know, uh, sometimes when sisters say, how can I seek knowledge? So I, I will say to them, well, there's so many means now, you know, like even if, <clears throat> even if you have very small children and you can't get out of the house or whatever. Exactly. We have online courses. There are different means, and sometimes you have to adjust yourself depending on your circumstances. But I think the most important thing uh, is to keep moving forward. You know, so I remember at certain times my son, we would go online. Sometimes we would, he, he started the class in the mosque. And that, that was the best, to be honest, you know, to go every day. Um, but depending on what was happening, we had to change the strategy, but keep moving forward. Um, this applies not only to the memorization of the Quran, Ya Fatima. Definitely. It applies to the knowledge. Yeah. Because these days, and, and I'm specifically uh, addressing the women here and the Muslims at large, mm -hmm. the main problem we have as Muslims now, honestly, is lack of knowledge. We don't know our deen. Mm -hmm. We don't know how to practice it the right way. If you ask a person in general, why do you pray this way? The answer usually, usually, is that's how my mom taught me. May yeah. Allah bless all the mothers. Or mm. my father taught me, right? Yeah. And sometimes the parents have been taught right, but sometimes could be, they're not. But seeking the knowledge itself, the basics, basics, basics. So we know, and I'm talking about the basic, not only the external, the basics, knowing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, have this personal relationship. You know it so you can give it to your family. You can give it to the people around you. We don't because we don't spend time, allocate time to learn this deen. And then this is one of the main reasons that's made me and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala used me to start Jannah Institute. Is to have a place where the women not only learn, but they need to know how beautiful it is to learn. And what it will do to your life and to mm -hmm. your family and your relationship with Allah and the Definitely. peace that we all look for these days. Definitely. Live in peace, which is missing. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. Ya Allah, make us live in peace. Is when you are connected with him, part of the knowledge is his book and also learning his deen, his religion, Islam. How do I practice it? How do I feel it? This is extremely important. I mean, if I, if anyone is hearing and listening to me, I will say, I would, if I go back, if Allah will give me another life, I will have started this much younger than I started or when I really started. And another thing, which a lot of people these days especially, 
it should not be either or. Either I'm going to go and study Islamic studies or mm-hmm. I'm going to be studying, I, we call it Science dunya study, or, yeah. secular, <laughs> yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Why not both? Yeah. Why not both? Definitely. One is on a faster pace or one is on a uh, uh, slower Low, pace yeah. or the same pace, but both. And if you yeah. look at our history, they were all both. They were Definitely. successful people in dunya, in life, yeah. and they were successful in their relationship with Allah. I think this is one of the other main things we have to change, Yeah, is both. This uh, idea that you become a scholar and then you basically don't have a job, other jobs, you know, you don't, have, you don't go into any other study, or you study other things and you become a professional and you feel like deen studies is not for me. Uh, that has to change, yeah. Well, it has to change, but we have to say that we still need people who their specialty is this. Yeah. We need people Because who, it takes time, doesn't it? And not only time. For I somebody mean, to really specialize. Exactly. Yeah. Like you, you need, uh, for example, gynecologists. Yeah. But also you need a family practice. Yeah. But these, the, 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 those people who chose to have the path of learning the deen of Allah as a career, may Allah reward them, we all need them. Yeah. But I my message is to the general people yeah. who they th- they think is once they took the secular study they don't have to study thing a- a- else. No. Because yeah. what brings what the Islamic studies learn I don't call it Islamic studies only what will what learning about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and about the deen will bring to you as a person and okay. brings to your family whatever career you have whatever it will not bring it Definitely. at all. And doable, possible journey. And then you don't want to take a PhD in Islamic studies. It doesn't have to be. Mm. You wanted alhamdulillah. But at least you know the basics, what we call Definitely. it fardul ayn, things that's obligation, external and internal. And mm. then we, we, we as a ummah will be absolutely different. SubhanAllah. Definitely. And even if uh, sisters, especially, who are not, you know, in a particular profession and they're at home. Sometimes I meet mums and they're struggling so much with everyday life. Um, And sometimes they're not spending any time either studying the deen or attending any kind of halaqa, any kind of, you know, like one of our teachers, he always used to say, suhba of the salihin. You need suhba of the salihin. And sometimes when I meet young mums, especially, and they're, actually like overwhelmed and uh, you know you can see that their iman is being affected by maybe lack of sleep and you know all the overwhelm i think to myself subhanallah you know all of us we all need that big why inside us you know we need to know the big why why am i doing this and without that and without that continuous connection and the quran the message of the quran continuously telling us you are going to be tested this is how you're going to overcome the test. Keep talking to Allah. Keep connecting with Allah. Without that message, somebody giving you that message, you know, either in a halaqa or in a class or in with good company, I think it's so easy for shaitan to, to come and, you know, like really affect people's iman. And I'll tell you how I will address this. And this is goes specifically mm. for the sisters or for the brothers who are yeah. overwhelmed. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, the more Allah gives us, Life should be easier, but it is not. Subhanallah. I mean, all the technology we have, mm-hmm. everything is under 
our hand and our feet, we can do, but we are we still have no time. And majority of people, we call it their rat race. Everybody is running. Yeah. And now what everyone is talking about, especially for the woman, you need time for yourself. Time for yourself, which is absolutely necessary. Mm -hmm. The best time for ourselves is when? It's in salah. It's as, as one of my teachers used to, t to teach us, it's a compulsory khalwa with Allah. It's an obligation, <laughs> obligatory, yeah, sure. free, private time with Allah. Mm -hmm. So for the sisters who are very overwhelmed, and I can't see this. I mean, if you are a working woman, eight to five, and this is eight to five or nine to five, plus the time go back and forth. And then you have to come home. Then you have three, two, three children. Then your husband's responsibility, then the house. And living in the West, we don't have a lot of the help that maybe in other countries are there. Mm -hmm. I will say the following couple of things is when you learn, and the learn example, five minutes a clip, at 10 minutes a short podcast, uh, 10 minutes listening to uh, the ayah or uh, uh, your favorite reciter, it will bring you gradually, will gives you this calmness and you don't feel overwhelmed because Allah is helping you. You're trying to do this. And it, the spirituality inside you calms you down. Like mm -hmm. we say well, you, in, in, in secular advices, we say, you know, make sure you exercise. It really makes you feel good, which is true medically speaking yeah. but also this 5 10 20 30 minutes connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala studying listening learning for him this will give you amazing results mm. on a daily personal level and as we always say if you keep putting a drop on a drop on a drop on a drop what will happen mm. consistency and dua I think this is one of the weapons that we Muslims don't use it very frequently. Turn to him and says, Ya Allah, anta salam, minka salam, hayini bis salam. You are the peace, source of peace. Make me live in peace. Everything that feels so overwhelmed, it will become much easier. But definitely learning these concepts, practice them on a small scale. And when I have time, I'll do more. When the time gets t tight, I'll get less, but constant. Jazakallah khairan, um, Sheikh. Um, I wanted to ask you also, so how long did it take you to memorize the Qur'an? And... I did it alone. Okay. After the incidents I shared with you. Yeah. So by nature, I'm a, I am a morning person. Okay. So I used to do it daily after Fajr, mm -hmm. before I go to work. Sure. And we, in the States, we start early, yeah. like 7, 7.15 in the morning, you're out of your house. So I do it before that. In the beginning, of course, it took like the one hour or the 45 minutes you have, you may be able, able to do maximum half a page. So you read and re repeat and recite and repeat and recite and repeat in this. Then as we drive to work, I mm -hmm. have my the, my favorite reciter in the car. Then as I am uh, praying my obligatory and optional prayers, I review it. So this took about seven years exactly. Seven years I was able to finish it. But it was not yet down. Meaning, yeah. I cannot say I'm a hafidah. I carry no. the book of Allah yet. Meaning, like what you said, yeah. where is this ayah? I'll give it to you right away. Yeah, yeah not yet. <laughs> yeah. It takes time. Mm. So then when I moved to Saudi, walillah, alhamdulillah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is his grace. Because he knew I wanted it, mm -hmm. right? And I really didn't know how to do this. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent me some of the teachers. And most, almost everyone who taught me, 
they were half of the Quran, taught me Islamic studies. And they quoted the ayat like what you just said. Yeah. Anything you ask them, the ayah comes in. Yeah. So then one of my friends, teacher, and then my friend, and she says, you know, just enroll yourself in the school. It's much better. Mm. And she used to say, Yadullahi ma'al jama'ah. No. The hand of Allah is with the group. So when you're sitting in that class, you will see you're not the only one. You will see much older people than you are, much busier people, and you will see much younger people who can be doing everything else the youth does, but yeah. she's in the class. Absolutely. And it will work. So when I went there, I enrolled in the school or first year full-time, four days a week, three hours a day. And then as we moved on, by the fourth year, it was once a week for two hours where we review in the week almost all the Quran. But it is just a person, it's a... So did you say it's a daily? In the first class? year, it was a daily. Class, daily yeah. four days a week. And then the second year, it says it was three days a week and then two days a week. Right. And the last year, you finished. And then when you finish, you get a test in the whole Quran. Once, once you pass it, then you can say to yourself, yes, I am a hafila. I have no. it. But that journey doesn't stop. Because if you don't review it, again, you will forget. Yeah. But it becomes much easier. Yeah. Much, much easier. Um, and Allah will make it easy, subhanAllah. It's true. beautiful. Sure. If you speak to the non-Muslims about it, yeah. they, because I have a couple of friends who are non-Muslims in the States, and when I see them, they said, really? <laughs> how can you guys do that? And I was like, how many songs you memorized? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true. Our heads are full of the songs, but... So can you tell us a little bit, I, I know that you've been giving uh, classes about the Surah Maryam in particular and some other topics as well. Um, but I wondered, like, in your mind, like, could you share with us some of the key lessons or key uh, points that you like to highlight for sisters, especially um, from Surah Maryam? Yeah, subhanAllah, I loved preparing for Surah Maryam. Number one. Mm -hmm. The only chapter in the Quran or Surah that is named after a woman is a Surah Maryam. Yeah. And for any uh, non-Muslim uh, viewers Mary. out there, Maryam is Mary, you know, the mother of uh, Jesus Christ. Peace, uh, be, peace upon be upon her. Him. And peace so, be upon her. Yes. Number one is the whole chapter name mm -hmm. is after a woman. Right. Number two, the only one mentioned by name. No. So the, there's other women yeah. mentioned in the Quran, but there's no name. Imra'at Fir'aun. Imra'at Fir'aun. Imra'at Lut. Imra'at Nuh. Ummu Musa. No. Right, all these. Mother of Moses, peace be upon him. The wife of Noah. The wife of Lut. But she was by name. No. Now, interesting. And I said this to the... Uh, we had a beautiful turnout, alhamdulillah, last weekend. And I said to the woman, and I'll ask to everybody, how do you want to be remembered after you pass away? We all will pass away one day, mm -hmm. right? How do you want to be remembered? The mother of, the famous whatever. How did Allah remembered her? Or I will say, wanted her to be remembered. That's a better word of saying, right? How did he describe her in the Quran? Whether in Maryam itself, in detail in action, in Mary chapter, or when he mentioned her name in other chapters, in At-Tahrim, in Al-Anbiya, أحصنت فرجها. She was chaste. Two. وكانت من القانتين. She was a woman 
who what's a qanit someone who is in a state always in a state of worship, worship. and submission mm-hmm. to Allah and these are the two things and in Mary the chapter Mary third or the fourth point is she went, a woman went through a lot of difficulty a lot of stress none of us none of us whatever you're going through went through what she did what Allah put her yeah. through a woman known to be a chaste woman known to be from that family mm-hmm. always praying and always mm-hmm. worshiping living as, in the masjid living in the masjid exactly, yeah, exactly. and yeah. suddenly you're pregnant yeah. who will believe you yeah. right yeah. and and at that point you see the human nature of her yeah. when the labor pain came and this is in chapter Mary what did she say ya laytani mittu qabla hadha wa kuntu nasiyan mansiya i wish i was dead before this and no one will remember me you know when you are under a lot of stress mm-hmm. major you know when you see there is no way out it's coming this is how she if you feel her this is how she is mm-hmm. however because of what she did before in the good times turning to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala attached to him in the time of difficulty extreme difficulty allah of course this is mary but this applies to you and me yeah. made something happens that will give her peace and even happiness fa immediately next ayah fa right away nadaha min tahtiha called her from under her scholar said this could be angel jibril this could be probably sayyidna isa la takhafi don't be afraid wala tahzani don't be sad can you imagine what are what was she going through labor pain by itself is enough yeah. ask me yeah. right and yeah. ask any mother who delivered the stress and the fear and the anxiety you go through yeah. let alone the sequence of what comes out almost every woman should be very happy having a baby being a mother not her because this That's is going to be yeah. she so, knows it's going to be the the source of stress so, and difficulty she was a human being a woman mm. tested but how did she react to the test the the usual reactions this fear fear and sadness but because of what she did before and this reminds me of another hadith of rasulullah is what you do in your good time will come to you in your difficult time that's why so i really. have to have mm-hmm. a relationship with allah stable not when i need him remember when we started mm-hmm. the stable relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it will pay back not only that moment, but when I am in a moment of need. It's true. And then the fifth thing, which this is something we all ask Allah to give us, and I always say this, as you gave it to Mary, gave, give it to me, her certainty and yaqeen in the promise of Allah. قَدْ جَعْلَ رَبُّكِ تَحْتَكِ Under you, Allah put Under you is a baby, newborn baby with no father. But Allah described him as sariya, which is either a small river or an honorable thing. She had this yaqeen. She carried him. Don't speak. He will speak. Carrying a baby. Now these days for us, if one plus one does not, if it doesn't work, <laughs> it's like, why I prepared, I did. That's what you learned from her. I mean, there's so many, but you learned from her is her certainty as a woman. and it's amazing also that for us as a non as muslims living in a non muslim i think we all have to spread this message that 
part or core of our belief is believing in uh, Mary, peace, peace be upon her, and how we look up to her. It was right. beautiful. Subhanallah. It's Subhanallah. amazing. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. I think that's one of the things that we have to bear in mind, isn't it? That when we're in times of ease, prepare ourselves by developing our character, you know, making yourself stronger, making yourself... And then when those difficult times come, it's almost as if the true you is revealed. And the true you can never be... It's a bit like, you know, they say, when you don't have much money, if you don't give charity then when you do become rich, you probably won't, no. right? It's not going to happen because you never develop that habit of... Uh, and, and also because charity is kind of uh, proportional, isn't it? Like when you have a little bit of money and you give a pound, uh, that seems like a lot to you if, you if you're not well off. But then when you're wealthy, will you be willing to give, you know, a thousand pounds? Uh, if you never got used to it, then, you know, you won't. So I, I will add to this, Fatima, mm. may Allah reward you, is the hadith of Rasul alayhi salatu wasalam. It's ta'arraf ilallah, ta'arraf ilallahi firraha ya'rifuka fishidda. And if I translate literally, is know Allah at time of ease, he will know you, he with capital H, at the time of difficulty. That's, That's basically how it is. Yeah. So when everything is going smooth, mm. everything going in what I like, I'm not under stress, I'm not under anxiety, nothing, then if my relationship with Allah is very strong and I give him his due right, subhanah, when I come under stress, under need, under anxiety, under any of the life difficulty, what will make it easy? This is the meaning, he will know you, meaning either he will make me feel good, although everything around me is not. Yeah. And you say, how can you take it so easy? Mm. How come you're not stressed out? She says, I don't know, alhamdulillah. Who made her feel this? Yeah. Or he will make things easy. He will fold it down and becomes much easier. So this is one of the things that Sayyidah Maryam in her difficult moments of the tests her time spent with Allah before. Because if you look at Ali Imran, when Sayyidah Maryam was mentioned, she, Sayyidina Zakaria always find her praying. Praying, yeah. So that relationship, when things was easy, when things was good, she had the relationship with Allah, it paid her back. So this is one Definitely. of the things I'll share it with everybody who's listening to us. May Allah reward you all. And sisters and brothers is, take the advantage when things are good, you have time, you have health, everything is easy. Don't waste the time. Use it for Allah. Then when things change and you want him, he will make it much easier for you. It's mm. an amazing lesson also from Surah Maryam. Definitely. And doesn't one, isn't one of the meanings of qanitin or qanita that you pray in the night as well? One Absolutely. Of the, one of the yes. tafasir of it is and Sayyidina Ibrahim used to pray the, yes. a lot. And Sayyidina night. Ibrahim was also one of the ones in the Qur'an Mm. As a as a man was also this described in Ibrahim kana ummatan qanitan lillahi. So standing in prayer, standing in prayer when everyone is asleep. Exactly. Yeah. So in other words, you're remembering Allah. You know, and he in, will remember in the time of ease and definitely, Subhanallah. You know, um, I, I've I've seen this example in my own father. Uh, since he was a teenager, he has been doing itikaf every Ramadan. Sometimes people will phone our, our house and complain. Where is your dad? Why, <laughs> why is he gone for ten days? You know, because uh, my dad is a mufti and you know he, he does a lot of work in the community. And sometimes you know they would get angry. You know, what kind of work is this that you leave for ten days? You know, 
obviously an ignorant person who would say that, but because what, what I witnessed is throughout his youth, doesn't matter what's happening at home. He had devoted that. This is for to Allah. For Allah. Exactly. Yeah. And now that he's a lot older, um, he still does it. But some some years he may not be able to because of health or whatever. And I just, you know, was thinking about that and I was thinking, subhanAllah, there's a hadith in which the Prophet ﷺ expressed to us that if you do something and it becomes your habit, right, then when the time comes when you can't do it anymore, Absolutely. right, you still get the reward for it. Because the only thing stopping you is that thing, that you know, that illness or something that came from Allah. So it made me think, subhanAllah, what are the things that I'm doing regularly, you know, that later on in life can continue to give me reward. So I think all of us need to examine Absolutely. examine our lives and think, you know, what are those regular things? Because when we really want to do something, we do do it. Isn't that, isn't that the case, subhanAllah? Um, the, another topic that I've, I've seen that you really um, like to focus on is the topic of tezkiyah. Yes. Please can you introduce our listeners and viewers to the concept of tezkiyah? And... What do you feel uh, people in our times, especially in the West, I would say, or Muslims in general, need to hear most about uh, the topic of tazkiyah? Tazkiyah, if you want to translate, because maybe some people are not familiar with the yeah. term itself, it's purification. Yeah. And some scholars will call it purification of the heart. heart yeah. Some scholars will say purification of the soul. The whole idea, and if I want to put it in a very simple terms, Every human being, look at the baby, when mm -hmm. the mother delivered the baby. That baby, Allah created him on al-fitra. Fitra is the natural instinct. The natural instinct, not only we know Allah, we know there is a creator, but we know right from wrong. We know this is not right. We don't know why it is right. It, uh, we don't know why it is not right. But we know it doesn't feel good. It doesn't sound good. Mm -hmm. Then we start living in life. And what happens? Which is also the hadith of Rasulullah Every newborn will be born on the natural instinct, meaning knows only one creator. Then his parents makes him Christian, Christian. Jews. Mm. Then for us, born as Muslims, so we know this, but then life impact, where do we live? And that includes external, you know, mm -hmm. some people like this food, the other food, but internally, life will start shaping and changing us and Definitely. the crystal i call the heart the crystal vase the Aww. crystal vase shining beauty allah created what happens as we live it becomes foggy a little bit dirty more dirty more dirty and sometimes becomes black what is this dirt anger jealousy mm -hmm. lying loving this life, attachment, competition. I want to be the best. I'm going to crush them, the business, all these. Backbiting. <laughs> and sins, exactly. Yeah. All the mm. sins. Sins comes in. Yeah. What does purification does? It's a process. Basically, simple. That crystal that became with, with time, dirty, if you want to use this word, yeah. foggy, you're cleaning it. Polishing it. Polishing yeah. it. And then it comes back to the original crystal that the focus is, I am here 
as a khalifa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I am here as stewards on this earth. Mm-hmm. We all are talking about it these days. Mm-hmm. How? And here also medicine comes in, subhanAllah. When you have a wound and the wound is infected, any kind of a wound, what is the first thing you do? You clean the wound. And then you you remove anything in your surroundings that will make the wound infected again. Mm-hmm. And then you bring things that will help heal the wound. That's taskia. That's purification. You bring back. The heart is wounded. Mm-hmm. Jealousy, backbiting, hate, no belief in Allah, all mm-hmm. these things, right? And then I'm going to gradually remove it. Remove it. Remove the harm. Yeah. Remove the harm. The sin, but... Clean it. And basically, literally, I tell the sisters all yeah. the time. It's like you're bringing, you're cleaning a, a, a dish, you're washing a dish. The dish is your heart. And you're washing it. And if the dish is dirty, you're going to keep washing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So here you go. And by the way, purification of the heart, taskia, is one of the three messages that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent the Prophet, alayhi salatu wasalam, Muhammad, for us. Mm-hmm. The first thing in Surah Al-Baqarah, Rabbana wabath fihim rasoolan minhum yatlu alayhim ayatika wa yu'allimhum al-kitaba wal-hikma wa yuzakihim. Send so this was the dua of Ibrahim. Sayyidina Ibrahim, exactly in Surah Al-Baqarah. That oh Allah send to them, the people in, in Mecca, or his his progeny. Yes. Uh, a rasul from uh, amongst them. A messenger from amongst them, exactly. We will teach them. Yatlu, recite, recite. Recite the verses of your verses to them. Yatlu alayhim ayat. Tika. Ayatika and then. Wa yu'allimuhum. Wa yu'allimuhum al-kitaba. They teach them the book. Wal-hikmah. Wal-hikmah and wisdom. Sunnah. Exactly, mashallah. Wa yuzakkihim. And purifying. This is in the first dua of Sayyidina Ibrahim. If you flip this, this ayah is four times in the Quran. If you look at the second part, second time in Surah Al-Baqarah, the sequence changed. رَبَّنَا وَبْعَثْ فِيهِمْ رَسُولًا مِنْ أَنفُسِهِمْ يَتْلُوا عَلَيْهِمْ آيَاتِكَ And then, وَيُزَكِّيهِمْ وَيُعَلِّمْهُمُ الْكِتَابَ وَالْحِكْمَةِ Once you are a Muslim, once you know, then Tazkiyah becomes, and some scholars tell you it's fardu'ayn, it's an individual obligation on every person. So in a nutshell, how do I do it? Number one, it's like memorizing the Quran. It's a process. It's not going to happen in a day. Allah, I always tell this to myself, Allah is capable of everything, mm-hmm. but it's a process. I wanted, I'll take the measures, remove the viruses, <laughs> right? Yeah. And keep the cleaning. Yeah. Number one in the process, you need to know, what is my problem? My problem is anger. And when yeah. I get angry, I disobey Allah, I say things, I hurt people. What is my problem? Jealousy. Why does she have it? I don't have it. She doesn't deserve it. My my problem is I speak, and when I speak, I hurt people, backbiting, lying, putting people down, bullying, all these. Number one, identify. By identifying yourself. Mm. Then take one by one. Simple company, as you said. Yeah. Yeah. If the sohba around me, if my friends, I know when I go out with them, it's going to end up in backbiting. I need to remove. That's a virus. Definitely. If I know, if I am going to be doing certain things, and if it doesn't work perfectly, I'm going to get upset. 
I need to move away from these things. Mm-hmm. I know if I, uh, for example, um, if I'll be with this, if I go to her house, I'm going to feel ill inside me. She has a bigger house than mine. She has four bedrooms. I have three. Then I need to cut down from this social interaction. So number one is identify what is your problem and what's causing it. So aim, knowledge, mm-hmm. learn, learn. And the more I learn about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the more I learn about my shortcomings. Then number two is mujahadat, we call it. And this is the biggest struggle. Say, say. And the process is very easy. Four things less and one thing is more. Very easy. And this is Imam Ibn al-Qayyim put it beautifully. The four less, which we absolutely don't do. What do you think? Less talk. Yeah. Less sleep. Food. Uh-huh. Less food. <laughs> yeah. And less interaction with people. Mm. And more? Dhikr. Exactly. MashaAllah. More dhikr of Allah. No. The cornerstone is this one. No. And uh, 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 there is a saying attributed to Rasulullah remembering, remembrance of Allah is the cleaning agent of the heart. Mm-hmm. Remember the crystal? Yeah. Like we put soap, you put it in dishwasher, dish to pray. <laughs> it's dhikr. And yeah. dhikr, any form of remembering yeah. Allah, reading Quran, memorizing, asking Allah for forgiveness, um, doing morning and evening adhkar, uh, saying subhanallah, yeah. reflecting on the nature. And you say, Ya Allah, what beauty is this? Yeah. Who are you? You know, that's a dhikr. And this process continues. It's not one day or two. And you will see yourself gradually changing. Mm. Much more calmer. Much more appreciative of what Allah gave you. Less complaining. Mm. Which is the, the, the problem of these days. Yeah. Less, less, less complaining. Less attached to the material things. If you have it, alhamdulillah. If you don't have it, alhamdulillah. Mm. And then the more you get there, then you start getting so close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Quran makes you cry, standing in salah, the night, all these. So it's a process. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil what is really beautiful is any time and every time I teach this wherever, and I teach it all over, I'm not only in the States, and people really these days, that's what they are missing. It's like, wow. This is what I need to do. I need to figure out that me continuously living in these viruses around me yeah. and feeding the viruses, it is making me sicker and sicker spiritually. Yeah, because isn't, wouldn't you say, uh, that there's this narrative that, you know, just accept yourself the way you are. You know, there's this, there's this idea nowadays uh, that people are not <clears throat> encouraged to kind of be self-reflective, uh, self-critical. You do have to be a cert- uh, to a certain level. You have to, uh, you know, analyze yourself, and before you could improve, you have to find out what's wrong, right? Um, and sometimes in the culture around us, we're encouraged to just embrace our flaws. You know, just that's just the way you are. That's just your personality, and um, and also I think there's an underemphasis or there's a lack of recognition that the people around you and how they think affects you like of course like for example I go to university and you know you you do mix with different types of people it's not that you should completely cut off from them but 
you need that place where you can go, where you can recharge, you know? Absolutely. If you don't have that core of friends or ulama or, you know, scholars or pious people, people who, when you're in their presence, your iman goes up. Up. They remind you about the hereafter. Yes, you know? yes. You will become so immersed in this dunya and the concerns that the people around you have become your concerns. Um, so they're, for example, competing to have an extension on their house and, you know, invest in this and that. And then you, that becomes your obsession. Absolutely. Uh, they're obsessed with status uh, or with belongings and things and holidays. You become obsessed with that. I mean, I, if, if you allow me to add, mm. Islam tells me to accept who I am. Yeah. But we take it the, of the if I want to use the wrong way, meaning... Yeah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala teaches me to accept the way he created me. Yeah. Right? That's true. What does he teaches us, Rasulullah sallallahu when we look at ourselves in the mirror? Allahumma kama hassanta khalqi, fahassan khuluqi. Ya Allah, the way you perfected and beautified me, beautify my inner image or mm -hmm. my manners. Mm. That means it doesn't matter how I look. It doesn't matter what people think of me. Mm. This is who I am. Yeah. Right? So, for the things that you can't change, right? So, the th for the things you can't change, you accepted. Yeah. Right? Now, originally, I was not born angry to the point I'm throwing everything around me. Yeah. Right? Mm. I was born with anger. Each yeah. one of us, by the way, have anger. Mm. And anger is when it is tamed and used in the right way, it's a good thing. Mm. Right? Exactly. But where do I need to... I wouldn't say change, but I need to tame and put control. Yeah. And when it goes... Channel it uh, in the right way. Yeah. Channel it. I love this word. <laughs> channel it in the right way yeah. and tame it. Yes. Give, don't give it too much. Right? Yeah. So yeah, you, yeah. you get upset. You have the feeling. Yes. But then how I respond is mm. when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants me to respond in his way. And that's what, for example, Taskiyah teaches me because I'm going to learn about him. Mm. Has he ever been angry? Yes. But two questions. What made him angry? And, mm. how, did he, and how did he respond? What made him angry? He became angry for the sake of Allah. Exactly. When the boundaries of Allah was overridden. 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 Yeah, yeah. And how did he respond? We use, we know it from the change in his oh, face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alhamdulillah. Remember. So that's mm -hmm. what Teskia teaches you. It's not completely you will you completely destroy, remove completely your anger, or uh, remove. regenerated or re yeah. reborn. Yeah. No, it's what you have. Allah gave you. And by the way, this includes the good characters we have because sometimes yeah. we don't know. Like you're very patient, and you never thought you were very patient. Mm -hmm. Alhamdulillah, use it for yes. Allah. Mm. So it is basically self, you know, the self-development courses yeah, everyone yeah, talks yeah. about these days, mm -hmm. right? It's mm -hmm. a spiritual development. Mm -hmm. I will call it spiritual identification of who you are. And then the good ones keep it, cultivate, make more. And the not very good one, tame it and channel it to do what pleases Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And would you say that, I mean, I, I feel like uh, lowering the gaze... I feel like that's one of the very key um, key tools that we all need to um, adopt in order to um, have tazkiyah. Because, you know, sometimes you meet people and 
nowadays a lot of parents are very worried about their young people you know on instagram and these things and constantly seeing other people's belongings lives beauty you know this kind of thing and even us when we're watching the news or we're watching television or i mean like for example when my sons are watching television i will say to them remind them to lower the gaze you know it, it doesn't stop just because it's not a real person in front of you right um because all of these things have an effect don't they um, and sometimes we don't realize they've had an effect until it's too late we've become desensitized to looking at haram or looking at things that even if it's not haram you know uh, i i read this concept of lowering the gaze from material things generally not necessarily from haram you know yes true yeah true now lower the gaze with, with a lot of people may find this new information mm. it's actually an obligation mm, absolutely it is not uh, an extras yeah tell the believing men Men. And the believing woman. Mm -hmm. Lower your gaze. Yeah. Lower your gaze. And this is a long discussion. What do we do when you are in the workforce and when we are with the non-Muslims? But let's start with the Muslim community. Both, by the way, men and women. Lowering the gaze, actually, it's an ayah in the Quran, will give you the inner clearness of the heart. Firasa, the instinct that when you look at people, you will know them. The mm -hmm. more you lower the, your gaze, you're not seeing the opposite. Allah will give you the basira, the no. inner sight the in inner you. Sight. Yeah. That you see things as they are. You'll see that running after this life, at one point I'm leaving. There's no point. I, this person looks very nice, but reality they are not. You'll see it. So absolutely, I mean, one of them is lower the gaze. But I think the key in taskiyah is remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala constantly. Mm. constantly this dhikr astaghfirullah subhanallah la ilaha illallah subhanallah very recently Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed me to visit his his sacred house and a friend of mine we were in the journey from Jeddah to Mecca and her driver for the the journey is about an hour one hour simple driver never stopped sending salat on rasulullah subhanallah one mm. hour And then in between, you know, when we all get tired, mm -hmm. then he just say, Astaghfirullah, la hawla wa la no. And I was like, Ya Allah, this is a simple man yeah. who Allah knows maybe doesn't have, I don't know, but I'm assuming not much education, yeah. for sure not much dunya. Mm. But, and there is no reason for him to do that other than this is who he is. You know, some of the taxi drivers I've met, they're some of the most intelligent people. <laughs> Subhanallah. I've had some amazing discussions with them. Yeah, but they're this, one is, this yeah, one is spiritual. spiritual. Yeah. I was like, subhanallah. I even yeah. now, I, I used to, every time I see my friend, I said, okay, where is the driver? Al-Dakir. Al-Dakir, the one who no. remember Allah. But you know, it's so easy for all of us. We're sitting on a train every day. We're sitting in the car, in the traffic jam. One of my teachers, he always used to say, How can you just stand there silently, like on a train, you know? How can you just stand there silently when you've got something, you've got something that you can do Allah. to be increasing your deeds Deen. constantly, Allah. right? So you're sitting on the train, you're standing, you're waiting in a line, just like say the it. of Allah, subhanAllah, alhamdi, subhanAllah, al-azim. There's so many things you can... Uh, Keep your tongue moist with yes. the zikr of Allah. With I think it's a habit, isn't it? That you just have to become mindful and develop. Yes. Yeah. Jazakallah khairan for that reminder. Um, 
Uh, are there any books that you would recommend, um, either in English or even in Arabic? Because, you know, uh, some of our uh, viewers and listeners may also be studying, etc. Uh, that you'd recommend for um, Tazkiyah? In Arabic, there's plenty. Yeah. It depends on where are you in your reading level. Meaning, you mentioned Ibn al-Qayyim. Uh, yeah, Ibn al-Qayyim al-Jawziyah. Madaraj al-Salikin. It may be not a, the, the beginning. Yeah. yeah. I the, love that book. Yeah, I love the book. <laughs> yeah. It's beautiful. Mashallah. But it's, it depends, as I said, are yeah. you a beginner? Are yeah. you in the middle? Are you advanced? Okay, let's say beginner. Beginner, there's a beautiful book, which actually now I use it mostly in our courses that we offer at Jannah mm -hmm. Institute, is called Tazkiyatun Nufus Kama Qararaha Ulama Salaf. And it's translated. Mm -hmm. Translate as purification of the soul. It's a small book. Oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's a yeah. small book like this. Yeah. This book, Tazkiyah, purification, you don't read it as a bedtime story. Read mm -hmm. it with your heart. Yeah. Read it that you want to change. And, and you may need to read it more and more and more. Yeah. Preferably, you study purification of the heart with a teacher. Mm. It is not, all Islamic studies, actually. It's, you don't become uh, spiritual by reading books. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You don't become a doctor by reading books, medical yeah. books. You need training. Yeah. You need a teacher. You need a process. You need to go mm -hmm. through it. But I will say the first thing any Muslim, man or a woman, once in the journey to get close to Allah, because that's what the purification will get you close to Allah, start with his book. Start with his book. Is yeah. not only word to word, not word to word only, but what does this mean for me? in this time and age. And this is what I mainly do these days when we have our courses about the Quran. Because I do now two courses. We do it on-site online mm -hmm. in St. Louis, and it's online open to everyone. Sure. Um, two. And we do it on weekend. And since it is gay, any, directed mainly toward women, so we pick up a time where all the family are still sleeping. It's a weekend. Okay, so we do Saturday, uh, uh, Central U.S. time, 8 to 9. And this course, we call it Learn, love, and live the Quran. Sure. And the purification or tazkiyah is on Sunday, 7 to 8. The tazkiyah course has been running since 2003. Mm -hmm. SubhanAllah. Inshallah. People come and go. People come and go. Sometimes the book, we do it again. And sometimes new things. The whole idea is once you start with the book of Allah mm -hmm. and you learn <clears throat> what the word, what the surah means, قُلُوا وَاللَّهُ أَحَدُ the simple ones. Once you learned the meanings of the word, the next question needs to come to you and me. What does it mean to me as a, a person, a Muslim, living in this day and age? I live in London. I live in the States. Wherever Allah put me on this earth, how will I live it? Because the Quran came to every one of us in every time. At the time of Rasul had a meaning for them, they live for me. If Allah, and this is another journey. So mm -hmm. if I spend 10, 15 minutes every day learning few words from the Quran, thinking, thinking about them, and again, taking it gradually, step by step, Allah will open the doors. But for knowledge, two things, and for purification of the heart, start with the book of Allah, always. That's the the beginning, mm -hmm. and then I will definitely recommend the, the easiest book in Arabic to read is actually it's called Mukhtasar Minhaj al Qasidin. It's to Ibn Qudam al Maqdisi, which is the summary of the summary of Ahya Ulumuddin Imam al Ghazali. But it's, it's absolutely beautifully written. The hadiths are all with all the 
تخريج with all the sources of it. It's easy, but again, it's not an easy book to read without a without yeah. a teacher. I highly recommend the process of Tasky, especially for the beginner. Take it with a teacher mm, and exactly. ask Allah to make it easy, as we all said. I mean, yeah. I mean, I just remember even just being in a in the presence of certain teachers. You learn from their adab. You learn from the their mindset. Just you absorb so much. Um, Apart from what they're saying with their words, so yeah, definitely. Um. Actually, one thing you said about the teachers mm. is um, what I learned when I studied overseas. I I studied with women only. Okay. Which was my first time. Really? Yeah. Absolutely. Mashallah. Because in the West, you study with men. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but when okay. you study with women as a woman. Yeah. And you will have this uh, ability to spend time with them. Yeah. Sometimes on a private. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, sp- space mm-hmm. and I can't tell you and this is actually one of the reasons that I asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and alhamdulillah he responded to uh, we started Jannah Institute because we yeah. wanted women to be able to, to teach women teach women and yeah. women who have studied and give this to the to the woman regular women or the women who are wanted to take it as their their, their, their career you know yeah. to specialize in this because everyone who taught me was their career PhDs in Islamic studies, PhD in Quran and Sunnah, subhanAllah. So take that part, especially here. I've seen it in London, mashallah, tabarakallah. We need to cultivate this more and more. Definitely. And I think um, I had many uh, female teachers in Egypt. And they were just so amazing. Just learning from them. I learned about modesty from them. I learned about how to conduct yourself, how to... Just so many things, you know, um, mashallah. And, and also change the mindset. Yeah, mindset especially for the important. for the younger generations. Mm. You know that woman, like now, it's very norm that you go and see a female physician. You yeah. don't even think. Yeah. Some actually prefer. This is what we need to do. Yeah. For teachers is to bring back, if you want to use the word scholarship. Yeah. That woman, when you look at careers, you want to take yeah. or knowledge you want to learn one of them it needs to be islamic studies yeah. because you will teach simple small circle is your house definitely which is begins there the begin there or you can extend, extend and yeah. then change the mindset that the woman can be definitely if, yeah. if like you can be a physician a lawyer a teacher any other career this also and this will give you not only dunya reward but also will give you akhirah reward Definitely. Jazakallah khairan. Um, so, um, uh, Dr. Haifa, I just wanted to ask you um, for some last advice that you'd like to give our viewers and listeners about staying steadfast in our times. What advice would you would you give us? Um, staying steadfast, number one, possible. Number two, is not easy. <laughs> However, because you want to stay steadfast, for the sake of Allah, he will make it easy. Two or three. Mm. This order of steadfastness was given to Rasul at the end of Surah Hud. Mm-hmm. Stay on the right path, steadfast as you were ordered. So, and this is how I always look at things. Number one, general. Yeah. Meaning, that's what he wants from me. If he wants something from me, that means it's possible. Yes, exactly. But Number three, don't fool yourself. It's not easy, but it's possible Mm. in general. Now, how do I do that? Mm. 
it's with the same process of Tazkiyah. I will say number one is company in these days and not company only individual. What is the biggest company we have these days? Our phone. phone. <laughs> Our phone. Yeah. Subhanallah. What does that constant companion is feeding? Mm-hmm. You, your heart, your steadfastness, your relationship with Allah. Because mm-hmm. when people ask me, is the phone haram? I was like, why? Mm. It depends how you are using, using it. it right? So look at your surroundings. It, choices. Life is all about choices. Subhanallah. Every step. When you are in front of a choice, which we do it daily, one question only. You need to ask and then take the decision. Which one is more pleasing to Allah? Or which one is pleasing to Allah? Yeah. And the answer should not even give you a blink of an eye. Do it. A lot of the time, it will be externally on the expense of losing material things. In the beginning only. Yeah. But steadfast. Believe yeah. in it. Constant dua. Constant supplication. Turning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm. Ya Allah, Allahumma ni as'aluka thabat. Ya Allah, I ask you to stay steadfast. Yeah. Ya Allah, I and, ask you. In any language, right? In, in your language. In any language. Speak this to is, Allah. Keep t- talking talk to, to him. Allah. Ya yeah. Allah, I'm weak. Ya mm. Allah, I can't do it. Ya Allah, you are the strong. Do it. Yeah. When you fall, and we all do, get up. Like a child. Look at your child. When the child is 15, 16 months, what is the norm? They're learning how to walk. How many times they will fall? What do you tell them as a mother? Get up. We get all up, fall. Dust and yourself then you, off. Yes. Just, just get yourself <laughs> together. You know what? We yeah. all did that. And then we... Yeah. That's exactly how it is. And if you look at everyone around us, mm. we're all sinners. All the children of Adam are sinners. The best, the best among them, those who turn Repent. back to him. Yes. Repent. So look at it. You can ask Allah to keep you strong. Choose your company, your time. Do extras as much as you can. Mm. Winter, fast more. Mm. right yeah. summer fastless but fa- summer long day do more dhikr because mm. you're not sleeping that much you know what i'm saying yeah, is yeah. choose the things and and gradually and gradually and it is not difficult i mean i have seen in england examples of youth it's really made me happy mm. subhanallah i said you know what allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is is beautifully merciful because he shows you these examples. You see sad examples, but there's also good examples. Definitely, yeah. And, Depends on what you focus and on. And that's how it is. And he will. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. Who will answer me if if he's not? Subhanallah. Mm, I think it's really important for us in our times. Um, you know, often we can get very used to hearing about what's bad and what's negative about, you know, uh, being a Muslim in our times. Uh, but actually, if we are to become really mindful and really like pay attention to what's going on around us, we're very blessed. Subhanallah. The other day I went to the library to work and they have a prayer room in the library, you know, in, in, in my area, which would, was never there before. They just developed a prayer room. They call it a multi-faith room, but it's only Muslims who are using That's it. Okay. And it's it's just beautiful. The facilities are there. Um you know, when you look around you, people, especially in London, I think, you know, people are so used to seeing Muslims now. Um, one thing that keeps coming up, people sometimes say, you know, or when they hear about 
things, negative things that are happening in the media and maybe Islamophobia, that kind of thing. They say, you know, you Muslims in the West, you should go back, go back, move, not even go back because we were born here, you know, like, like go to a country country. or a place where, and um, subhanAllah, sometimes, you know, I think about that. And I think one of the things that we have to realize is if you live in a country where it's harder to do something, it's harder to worship Allah, it's harder to lower your gaze because there's images being bombarded at you, you know, of people and things. And you obey Allah in that difficult situation, you're going to be rewarded more. So I think, you know, this idea that we should run away from a situation that is not feasible for everyone yet, right, uh, to do, and also maybe not desirable as well. Um, I think, you know, we need to get out of that mindset. The difficulty gives us more reward. The, this difficulty also contains within it so many opportunities for da'wah, for connection that don't exist in some idyllic perfect place that we imagine exists this is how i how mm. i will look at it you and how i look at it mm. is a statement i heard long time ago if your heart was connected to allah it doesn't matter which land of his you live subhanallah if Absolutely. the heart is connected to allah it doesn't matter which land of his it's his, his, his land you live on mm. number one number two you, you you said it beautifully not everyone can do that yeah right i cannot it, it's just not feasible for many mm-hmm. people yeah. number three if i can number one can i practice my islam yeah in the west these days and i live in the united states of america and you live in england can i and i am a professional and i work and i studied and i did my residency the hospital I work now is an absolutely Christian hospital. Mm. Is it feasible? The answer is yes. Yes. Has my deen being challenged? The answer is no. Mm. When will I seriously think of hijrah? Mm. Is when I can't practice it. Yeah. When Rasul he moved not from a, a non-Muslim to a Muslim. He moved from a Muslim to from a from Mecca, Mecca yeah. to Medina, right? from a blessed place. Right. So. Yeah. My, because a lot of what I need to do living in the Western world, and actually even in the world these days, is me. Work yeah. on me, on my connection mm. with Allah. Stay away from haram. A lot of people don't look or think what haram impact can have on my daily life. Stay away from it. I, things I don't have to. Mm. I don't have to watch haram. And yeah. I always say this to the sisters. Did somebody put a gun on your head and say, <laughs> watch this TV series? Yeah. By the way, if they did, you watch it. Because that's yeah. what Islam teaches you. Yeah. But in general, mm. a lot of what makes us weaker, yeah. weaker is us. We self-inflicted. Like it. <laughs> exactly, self-inflicted. We like it. We enjoy it. Mm. Did they prevent our children from going to colleges and institutes and learn? The answer is no. Did, did they prevent us from us women wearing our hijab? If the answer is yes, then yes, I am moving. Yeah. You know what I am saying? Or creating other spaces where I can do Ex- that. Yeah. Exactly. I, mean, I, as a woman who lived a, a good amount of years in the Western world, sometimes I feel I'm even stronger in, the, hmm. in living in the non-Muslim world simply because I can isolate myself easier. 
and mm. I can practice uh, my deen. I travel a lot, as you probably know. Mm. I don't recall any airport in the world, and let alone in the States. I mean, we are a whole continent, mm. that there was no prayer area. Prayer room. Exactly. So and I'm, you call it interfaith, meditation. I don't yeah. care what they call it. Is I go in and I yeah. see Qibla direction. Yeah. <laughs> I see <laughs> Alhamdulillah. Yeah. And people know. Yeah. So I think this is how I will say. I think this mm. is number one is an individual is an individual uh, decision. Yeah. Some people living in the West is better for them. Some people living not in the West is better for them, for yep. their family, mm-hmm. for their children. Definitely. So you cannot, there's no one size one fits size all. Fits all. Yep. Uh, there Absolutely. isn't. Mm. Yeah. But uh, but uh, well, the thing that I'm trying to highlight is that there are opportunities around us that we might not be able to get somewhere else. You know, opportunities for da'wah. People who are seeking the truth, the, the message of Islam has never come to them. And we have the opportunity to reach them in a way that, you know, in certain places, like I lived in Egypt, I would say I could see myself having a very limited role in Egypt, you know, in terms of da'wah, because, mashallah, there's, Everyone is there. there's shiuch. There, there are people who, first of all, people who are from that land, you know, um, uh, native speakers of that language, etc., already there, right? Um, whereas here, we are the native speakers. You know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that he, he, for every nation, he sent them a messenger from amongst themselves mm. with their language. Um, so sometimes, you know, I think, why did Allah place us here? You know, I, I did not choose to be born here. Uh, somehow the Allah made the, the situation conspire for us to be here. So instead of rejecting it, why don't we look for the opportunities that might be there for reward that might not be elsewhere? Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But the best da'wah, yeah. the best da'wah, and I say this to everyone because mm. some people will say, well, I don't have knowledge. Yeah. How can I be a da'wah? Is you, in your manners, your example. in your inter- example, mm. in your interaction with people. You don't have to talk to them about tashkiyah, purification of Ibn al-Qayyim. No. Yeah. But you act in it. Yeah, we are role models. Role models. So and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will use you, inshallah. Inshallah. So, Jazakallah Khairan, Dr. Haifa, I really appreciate you coming and I hope to uh, keep in contact with you. Yes. And, and please do come back to Ilmfeed uh, on, on a future visit. Uh, brothers and sisters, I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you benefited from that. I know I'm going to sign up to a Hivth course straight after this <laughs> because I've been really motivated. Um, inshallah, please share this uh, episode with your friends and family, with somebody maybe who has been wanting to memorize Quran or, you know, and, and needs that boost. Uh, and with that, uh, I will bid you farewell. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta. Astaghfiruka wa atubu ilaik.